Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of the Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. How's it going, man? You know, uh, just another day in Q time, baby. I haven't seen you in a while, Matt, other than on the screen of my laptop. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I'm kind of feeling like a winner. Are you? Yeah. You know, speaking of winner. I get to take a a nap every day. (laughs) I don't have to go outside. I don't have to shave. I don't have to shower. Like th- life is good as an introvert. Like this is actually pretty awesome. You, you know, I did mention to to Jill, my wife, the other day that you know I I am the most introverted extrovert that most people know. Like I don't have to have any of that social activity. So we are in many ways built for quarantine. Um, but yeah, ready to kind of get out and do some stuff. Now, speaking of winners, I should probably let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, who can help you build a software development team quickly and affordably. Now, back to the show. So today's topic now, well, let me back up. Amidst any crisis, there are winners and there are losers. And as much as we want to move on from the topic of COVID-19 and the coronavirus, it is certainly topical a month or so into this to start talking about and examining who the real winners are and who the losers are based on industry types and the short and long-term economic impact. So you mentioned you were feeling like a winner today. We're going to talk about winners. Well, where do we start? Well, there's a lot of places we can start. I mean, obviously, uh, I, I don't think we have to get into rehashing the situation. We're all working from home. No one's out spending money the way that they normally do. We all have the same issues. I'm not going to, I'm actually tired of fucking talking about that. But what we can't, aren't you? I am. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I thought SNL did a great skit. I don't know if you saw SNL last Saturday. They actually did it all from home. I didn't I watch the whole episode. That. Yep. But it was pretty cool. They had everybody on like video conference and Tom Hanks in his house as the host. And it was pretty cool. So he loved? He's alive. Yeah. He's the poster child yes. of coronavirus now. They couldn't let, they couldn't kill Tom Hanks. That would have been a bigger problem than, you know, I mean, if he made it off that island. Okay. So, you know, I, I think that when it comes to, you know, we mentioned that in, amidst any crisis or massive shift in economic situation, cultural, there's a whole lot of different things that can occur. There are often winners and losers. Now, we have that you were the first person on the podcast to say the people that make the most money during a gold rush are the ones that are selling pickaxes. Yeah. Now, that's an example of an economic situation or something socioeconomic changing. There was a huge rush for gold. People ran out. If you don't have the pickaxe, you can't dig out the gold. Well, the so, tools right now are PPE, right? They're right. face ma- masks, you know, any kind mm-hmm. of protective medical equipment. They can't make it fast enough. And you got other people that have 
pivoted their business to start making it. Even Lego that, you know, like Lego, the plastic toys is making face masks now. Like there's all, all sorts of companies that were, that sold plastic stuff or different fabrics or whatever that have pivoted to making masks and things. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, during times like this, I mean, you know, businesses often do pivot operations and sometimes invest in technology and people to meet short term demands. And you know, there's people are often looking for ways to access essential stuff, food supplies, fitness, uh, maybe haircuts, stuff like that. Like try to buy some clippers on Amazon a week ago and you couldn't find any, um, you know, with that, we've seen flexing and challenging, uh, uh, nature of, of the situation on our own, uh, supply chain, whether it be from food to supplies or different stuff. And, you know, like I said, we are really starting to, uh, you know, I think some of the early winners and one of the probably more obvious ones is just e-commerce in general. Well, and I I think, backing up for one quick second we we talk about there being winners and losers and if you actually stop and think for a second like go back to 2008 and 2009 when that whole crisis happened there were winners and losers then too well let's talk let's talk about that for a second because in 2008 i was still working in the musical instrument business and i was in washington dc and the prior year to that so i was running a chain of yamaha piano stores in DC, high volume, big ticket. The first year, so I was there for two years. In 2007, we had a, like an ungodly, an amazing year for sales because people were cashing out home equity and they were yeah. spending money on big ticket stuff. And then all of a sudden, here pop goes the bubble and literally di- discretionary spending much less luxury spending completely evaporated now with that we saw a huge 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 decline in sales i ended up leaving the company amidst all that and went that's when i ended up working for roland and then i ended up servicing 300 different accounts that all had similar problems now 12 years later 70% of piano stores are gone never and- reopened Never reopened, never reopened. They just could, you know, and they were already kind of on the way out. Part of the reason why I was exiting that industry is I kind of saw that occurring. Um, But yeah, so the traditional piano store of all weird things, you know, like you don't think about, oh, where's my local piano store? But uh, looking back at it 12 years later, 70% of them are gone. And the ones that remained reduced their overall like retail footprint dramatically. So, you know, but we're supposed to talk about winners. Yeah. You think, think back, think about back then all the bankruptcies and mortgage foreclosures and stuff like that happened. Yeah. If you were the company that cleaned out a house because you were the dealing with the foreclosure, business was good. Well, if you were, but if you were a real estate investor that wasn't highly exposed to those drops in prices, then you might, uh, there are a hell of a lot of people that picked up homes on the cheap, literally buying them off the front doorstep where they were being auctioned off. Yeah. And And so that's my, that's my point. There's always winners in these things. And, you know, so back to current time, I was talking to a friend yesterday and he was looking, he was about hiring somebody. I'm like, now is the perfect time of all of Absolutely. history to hire. Yeah. Like there are thousands, millions of people that just got furloughed. If you want to hire, now is the time to do it. Go yeah. hire somebody if you can. Yeah, and, 
And we can actually put a put a relevant spin on that because you know at full scale and I, and I mentioned fullscale.io at the top of the episode, but that's a business that you and I are, are partners in. We provide tech services, and you know we short term. Uh, we took a couple dents, definitely had clients reduce their spend, not necessarily leave our ecosystem, but long-term we'll end up being a winner because we sell remote services. And, you know, there's a lot of things that, well, well, I'll give you an example, remote teaching. If you, now prior to, to the middle of March of 2020, ed tech was not sexy. If you talk to VCs, they'll cringe when they hear about ed tech. It's a notoriously slow sales cycle. Uh, you're also dealing with buyers and clients that uh, don't that aren't always deep in the pocket. They're susceptible to budget cuts, a lot of opinions, politics, and bullshit. But right now, if you have a a, a remote teaching or remote service platform, yeah. you you are going oh wow. Oh wow, this is big. And why? I mean, from remote teaching, like, I mean, you look at anything like Zoom. How do you think Zoom usership's up? Yeah, it's up like 10x or something. It was like I mean, it's probably ago. sick. And you know, yeah. then you know, we have we have some clients at full scale that are in the tele space, as we'll call it, and they're reporting that they're they're uh they're inbound at uh uh, activity for new clients and signups is up five to 10 times of what it was normal. And that's because once again, you force a massive amount of people into a new work environment and you will probably find a lot of winners with that. Well, and I think that is going to have some very long-term shifts in how we work and how we do things is getting more used to people working remote telemedicine, all those things. I think we'll, you you talked about like the example of a piano store, right? There, there will be some losers in this too, that will be like the piano stores that were like this brick and mortar shit. Why were we doing this? This thing was on its last legs and this was the death blow. But then there'll be other things that will be complete winners that were like in their early infancy, like online college, online school, telemedicine, that all of a sudden are going to flourish. And my, my joke is like, my mom is getting real close to actually ordering something online. She's like the last person in the world who would ever do it. But she ordered Your mom gro- doesn't has not ordered things online. No, but she ordered what? groceries. She ordered groceries. Actually, she had my niece order groceries and have them delivered to their house. Like that's as close as she's ever gotten to e-commerce. Like we are almost there. But and but that's my point with e-commerce in general. So even though social distancing is what it is, I mean, so you have these like retail online combos, like Walmart same store sales are up twenty percent, but a lot of that's online. Wow. Yep. And you know that's I mean, and and that's the interesting thing that I haven't been able to get deep enough into because you know, in a lot of a lot of places, going to the grocery store is like going to a wasteland. Um, and I've seen a couple pictures of you and your new wife, and congratulations again on that, and the soon and the soon to be baby, which I'm still Thank hoping you. you name you name after me, name him Matt. Um, but what I mean, when you go to the store, is have, are you seeing the supply chain catching back up, or are the shelves still empty? Well, so a couple of things there. I um, I've been to three or four different stores and well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out if the grocery stores are winning or losing. Cause they're either just amassing opportunity costs at an unforeseen level or they're killing it. I think they're definitely doing well because of all the people who used to eat out, they're not eating out anymore. They're eating more at home. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people, for example, that they may, they may used to go to Starbucks on the way to the way to work. They'd get coffee and they'd get a, a sandwich or whatever. Now, all of a sudden, they got to eat at home. So people are making breakfast more. They're eating eggs more. They're, you know, they're, it, it's, it's radically changed. And of course, you had people that are stocking stuff up. So I'm sure there's a little bit of a, a, a wave of people overbuying. And so there'll be less demand a little on the backside because people are overbuying on the front side. You know, we all of us, we all went to the and bought a hundred canned goods. Well, now we don't need canned goods for a while. So we've overstocked, right? Like there's some of that too. But I have to say, we live in a world now where we can't go anywhere and do anything. So like going to the grocery store all of a sudden is like the highlight of the day. <laughs> yeah, sure. Is that sad? Like I'm yeah, getting out of the house. I go to the grocery yeah. store. It's also, yeah. And it's, and you know, with that, so, so were you saying, are you saying that the, the stores that you've been to locally here in Kansas city, you're seeing, cause you were just at one yesterday, right? Yeah. Actually the one I was at yesterday even had toilet paper. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's a sign, that's a sign of the supply chain catching back up with different things. And that's why it's sometimes difficult to gauge if someone is a winner. Cause here's the thing is if you have, if you have a million people outside the door to your store, but you have nothing on the shelves, that's just missed opportunity. You're not a winner. You're actually a loser in that case. So, um, you know, I mean, I think the probably one of the most, if not obvious winners in all of this is Amazon. Amazon is crushing it and they they've even had to restrict buying certain things like I needed to my wife is pregnant and she craves ice cream so my I, I think I told this story before I went to order an ice cream scoop and it said it was going to take 30 days to get it and I'm like no this is essential my wife is pregnant she needs ice cream I, like now now I've seen that on a lot of things that I've actually ordered and uh and you know and bought and it certainly has not taken as long as it claimed. I think they're over under promising and over delivering. Yeah. Yeah. I got it like two days later. Now I tried to order another bidet and I shit out of luck on that. They're all sold out. Okay. So as you, as, as very well known to anybody that's friends with me on social media, I have a hot rod of a bidet up and running. Um, I did have to wait 10 days for it to be delivered now I went back because someone someone asked me for the link of of what I had bought and they had raised the price by fifteen percent from when I bought wow. it to when I went back. So and it wasn't cheap. I mean, it, they put another sixty bucks on it. Well, you and, talk about winners or losers. The days are like the weird random winner in this. And and is this going to make actually a- the the real winner on on the bidet is me. I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> I, I am the real winner. And um, you mentioned before we hit record that we haven't talked a whole lot recently. It's because I got a bidet. It's been keeping me busy. Well, and, and, and this might be a weird example of a weird cultural shift where like not a lot of people had bidets, but all of a sudden during the coronavirus, that was the thing and everybody got one. And now, dude, I really America haven't been doing it wrong. Yeah. I haven't now used America toilet paper. In, I, I'm five days toilet paper free, <laughs> and I don't think I'm going back. I don't think I'm going back, man. So now, oh now God. with Amazon, you know, as kind of an obvious choice. I mean, obviously, they had a massive percentage of the overall e- the share of e-commerce conducted. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that that's continued to spike. I mean, Amazon and Walmart are on the list of two places that are aggressively hiring. Um, and that that's a that's a sign and an indicator, uh, you know, I think for industries as winners and losers. Now, you know, there's there's a few things here um, because some 
you know, some types of restaurants are restaurants are straddling the line. There are some that are winners. How do you think pizza delivery is doing right now? Oh, got to be killing it. Yeah. Killing it. Yeah. Because when you think of food delivery, the first thing you ever think of pizza. is pizza. Because the, origi- the original food order. delivery, right. Yeah. 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 You don't think yeah. of like the weird mom and pop store that might be on Grubhub or whatever. You, no. you think of Pizza Hut and Papa John's and stuff. Yeah, and I'll save it more for the loser side of the of the bracket. But you know, the so with a lot of pizza restaurants, you look at like a, at Papa John's. We'll just take Papa John's for example. And I know that they've had some controversy, but they don't have a big footprint. They're like basically in a little tiny space with a conveyor belt oven, people making pizzas, and and men and women coming in and out the door, rolling out for deliveries and. You know, like you just, I mean, Papa John's right now is reportedly hiring 20,000 people. Pizza Hut's adding 30,000 and Domino's, they must, they might need to get their shit together. They're only hiring a thousand. But, you know, like I said, and we'll save it, there there are some that are straddling the line. Um, Right. And we mentioned earlier, and I think this 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 deserves another pass here. But remote working in general, um, you know, there's the, the here's the thing is is even when the economy does reopen, it's going to happen in steps and stages. And I think a lot of people are going to ha- come out of this with a completely different outlook. Not only uh, when you know, it, and it could be positive, and it might not be. But when it comes to working at home, I think that you're going to have a whole new class of people that are going to say, "Hey, look, we managed to do that, and it wasn't so bad." Um, well, well, and actually, we were talking about this in my management meeting yesterday at at Stackify with the the management team, and we're actually feeling like for a lot of our employees, they're actually more productive now than they were before. Yeah, weirdly as it is. Now, I would be a lot more productive if my coworkers would go back to preschool <laughs> on some levels. And, you know, and I had to, I had, you know, so if I, I'm used to working at home. I've worked, I, you know, over the last two years, I've come to the office, which full scale shares with Stackify. By the way, if you want to check out Stackify, stackify.com, help you do a little application performance management. But, um, you know, the, the prior to that, you know, I, I had worked from home for 15 years and, uh, some of that's just a little bit of an adjustment. I, as, like I said, as it, like I was up till 1am working last night because my kids had an especially wild day yesterday. They're still flying high from Easter candy, but you know, overall, when it comes to remote work tools, you have a whole lot of components. You have video conferencing, you have time tracking, you have project management, you have collaboration tools, um, things like Stackify, which might help alert a team to a problem with a website or a platform and do it more effectively because people aren't there to say, hey, I see an issue and, you know, like a whole lot of different stuff you have. Um, I mean, dude, it goes on and on and on. And I, that's part of what's going to be interesting because I don't think the world of software platforms and management was necessarily set up for this massive of a, of a migration of people to a remote work environment and every industry and every type of company has different needs when it comes to that. Like, like go go ahead. I was going to say, so for example of this, and you're absolutely right. So take say Cerner here in town, they've got like 20,000 employees, whatever. All of a sudden, like Cerner Cerner is a massive uh, uh, creator and provider of medical software. All of a sudden, like the next day, boom, you all work remote. 
Yep. With no notice, no head. Like now, what that has done, I have a friend that works for Azure and sells like Azure hosting and stuff. There was a massive <laughs> up in usage of Azure and AWS and stuff of all these people trying to provision online desktops and workstations yep. and servers and to try <laughs> and facilitate all of this remote work. I mean, there were IT departments scrambling like crazy that all of a sudden that were super worried about security and all this kind of crap that all of a sudden are like, throw all that shit out the window. Starting Monday, you work at home. And how are we going to do that? Like, yeah, that was yeah, a major change. Yeah. And that's kind of what I went through in my last days at, in Cebu at the full scale office. Like all of a sudden we went, we went from you know, like, hey, what are we going to do to, hey, we're closing the office and then realizing like our office is open 24 hours a day. Yeah. Like we had to, had to come up with a completely different, like, I mean, you talk about doing that on the fly and doing a whole lot of stuff and dude, no one was ready for this. Like, no. I mean, if you're the one company out there that was truly, had truly provisioned for viral contagion and had a contingency plan that actually made sense and was useful, um, please reach out because I'd like to talk to you because I'd also like to borrow your crystal ball. Um, uh, it was, it was Stackify. Every single one of our employees had a laptop and could work from home. Yeah, but but, but you didn't, didn't have a viral you didn't have a viral contagion plan and, and we didn't need things. one. Like, well, right. <laughs> well, and full scale was the same way. You know, you look back and you know full scale is a couple couple years old, but we have 190 employees and um, you know a business that grew really fast and has kind of an insatiable appetite for upfront expenses. We had made the decision early to provide high powered and basically expensive laptops to universally to our entire employee base. Now, when we did that part of it, and I brought this up in a really early meeting was it was more related to the concerns that could come with, I was more concerned about climate change because the Philippines is in a tropical belt. They have typhoons. Uh, we're seeing, you know, with climate change, we're seeing uptick and storms in their power. And I was a little just more concerned about, you know, having a 10 day period in which infrastructure was struggling and we couldn't get to the office for some reason. I, and now we had the debate over the last couple of years, at, you know, is this expense worth it? Uh, yes. Cause if we hadn't had taken that expense, get deploying a completely, you know, that's another thing too. It's like, not everybody has a laptop. Not everybody has that ability to pick up and, and go. And I bet that's another know, winner right now is people that sell laptops. Actually, uh, the sales are down, but I, th I attribute really? that. I think, that, yeah, but I think that's probably just based on the whole, like, I mean, you got 15% unemployment rate. You got yeah. a lot of different things that, that are struggling. And then, you know, like, I think that there are just some things that when it comes to the bigger, the ticket, the, the more hesitant someone is to buy without seeing it right in front of them. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, overall, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that, that's a, uh, all right, here's another one. Home fitness programs. Absolutely. I mean, do, do you think more people are dialed into Beachbody and, and whatever's out there? My niece, my niece lives with me now and she's doing Beachbody. There you go. I mean, she, she eats like shit, but she's doing the Beachbody workout. She's doing the exercise. Now, now speaking of which I I'm a winner and a loser when it comes to this, I'm currently on pace to be Kansas's strongest fat guy. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, I, I, several years ago at a former business, uh, we had a, we had a gym 
So I have, and when we shut the business down, I brought all that equipment home. So I've got a cable machine. I have dumbbells from five pounds to 80 pounds. I have all, all kind. I have everything, everything I need. I have like a pro gym and I haven't missed a workout. The problem is I'm in my house. I'm not, I looked at like my step counter and like when I opened it up, it just made a crying sound. Well, Um, I mean, let's be honest. We're all a little stressed out and depressed these days, like four out of five people. So we're all doing a little stressed out eating, no doubt. Yeah, about and, it. yeah, and then it, just a general like. I mean, here's the thing: is I'm I'm usually on the go. I'm doing a lot of different things. I'm not just stuck in my house. So, you know that that impact. Now, um, as as you're aware, I used to own a business with someone else that delivered fitness equipment, millions of dollars with, of it every year, and you know that's a that's a so those stores closed, but I actually reached out to Charlie, my former business partner. I asked him, I was like, so it, what's going on? The number of transactions of private to private sellers for gym equipments through the roof. And they actually make a higher margin on those deliveries than the bulk deal that they have to the fitness equipment store. So there's this huge, yeah. And people are going further and further. So Daryl, our COO, um, uh, at full scale called me about 10 days ago or I was talking to him. He said he was getting ready to drive to Topeka, Kansas. I was like, what the fuck are you going to Topeka for? He's like, it's the closest place that I can find weights and a weight bench. Now I ended up loaning him some stuff out of my stash, but think about that. He was going to drive 60 miles to d- go make a private transaction of a weight bench and some other stuff. But Crazy. you know, yeah. So, you know, the home fitness programs, um, how about how many people do you think are now playing more video games? It's gotta be a lot of people. I, I mean, it's got to be through the roof. Dude. I mean, that's all my kids do all day instead of being at school. Yeah. So yesterday I hosted, uh, I recorded an episode with Aaron Falk from Lily and James Creative. And she was reporting that use of of YouTube is up 50, per, 50, 50 to 70%, depending on what time frame you're looking at. And the same with Instagram. Now, on the flip side of that, you would think that social media... Uh, platforms and providers would be benefiting from this. That is not true because as many of you may have listened to by now, we just did an episode on Facebook advertising where we had a guy named Nick Shackelford and he, his company spends over a million dollars a week for their clients. And he said, you and I had discussed this, Matt, uh, in prior episodes, I confirmed that the, that CPM and CPC expenses are down 40 to 50%. Wow. Yep, and I, I actually decided to test the theory, and you know we've had a, a the the best ad that we had ever created on Instagram converted at a remarkably low price. So I did a fifty dollar sample of it, and it came in forty percent cheaper. Wow! And it had already been super cheap, and that's just a pro. That's just a marketplace dynamic. Any CPC costs; those are just bids and auctions. So. You know, if you look at it, wanting to make yourself a winner, if you have budgets, this is a good time to potentially build your brand for If for you're a an advertiser, price. if you're an right, advertiser right. You're, and you can sell a product right now, you're a winner. 
Well, not even a product. I mean, we're talking about just a brand play because like we're not really selling anything when we do an Instagram ad for start for this podcast. But here's the thing is we're doing that because we are trying to reach out to you as a new potential listener, whether that comes now at half price or in four months at full price. Well, what's a better deal? Like if you were going to, you know, so now that said, you have to be able to afford it. But um, Nick Shackelford for the, the Facebook advertiser had reported that they are seeing conversion rates on certain products, especially things that are the go-to products, the staples um, are converting at an all-time higher rate, making online sellers a winner. And then on top of that, because Amazon, so Amazon's big, big advantage as a seller has been the speed and, and accuracy at which they deliver stuff. When that became overloaded and compromised, it opened the door to a shitload of, of mon type e-commerce store. So I'll give you an example. I bought, uh, I ordered, uh, I ordered $150 worth of beef from R- Riverwatch, our former guest. And yeah. And had it delivered. It was on my front porch, ready to go 48 hours later. Thank you, Chris. And thank you for the free beef jerky. You know, but that was an example of like, I didn't have any, I, dude, I got a, I bought a whole lot of meat. I didn't, there was no shortage of it. So that was an example of, of a local seller being able to have a faster response. And, and I'm hearing a lot of that. Now there are some, some on the flip side, and we'll save that for the other episode, but you know, some people do have, a, according to Andrew Morgan's at Marknology, a lot of sellers got their, their shits basically frozen in a warehouse, or it oh, was yeah. because it was non essential. Yeah. So people don't want to, like you said, with the ice cream scoop, people don't want to buy things. They have to, if you need it today, you don't want to wait three weeks to get it. No. All right. I got a couple more winners we need to, we need to cover here. What do you got? Winner, winner, right. chicken dinner. What do we got? All right. So have you heard about this? Drive in movie theaters. <laughs> those are even a thing yeah and they're and they're popping back up evidently there's been something that popped up fuck, that makes a lot of theater. sense man and and amidst amc talking about maybe not even opening again now i don't know what the hell movies they're showing maybe they're showing old movies or something but dude any excuse right now to get your kids out of the house or do God, something? that's great yeah no yeah, doubt yeah. and and you're socially distanced you're in your own yeah. little bubble and you can even get out and sit so you still you doing... still be yeah it's the same way they're doing church now. They're doing church in parking lots now that way. Nice. All right. And I got another one for you. DIY landscaping and gardening. People yep. at home all day. I talked to several of my employees. They're like, dude, I've never mowed my yard and done this shit done more it. often in my Isn't that crazy? I'm I'm in that boat. I said, you know, here's a couple things I, I've I've shared in the past that a couple years ago I started mowing my own lawn again because for whatever reason I have some of my best entrepreneur ideas while I'm mowing my lawn. So I wanted to gain that back. But you know, like overall, just as a desire to get out of yeah. the inside of the house, like I mean, dude, I have this like Thatcher. Like I uh-huh. thatched my whole lawn. Like oh, who geez. the fuck does that? Well, no, I did because you got time now. Well, I had time and I said, man, if we can't have a winning lawn and another thing too, you talk about the DIY landscaping, it's more, all right. So I have had mixed success growing new grass in parts of my lawn because I will be gone all day and it gets hot and it just burns up and I forget to water it or the sprinkler doesn't hit it enough. And I actually, uh, once this little cold snap that's running through Kansas city is done, 
I, I'm going to grow some. I'm going to grow some grass, and not the kind that American hemp grows. All right, I got I got another one for you, and this one is booming and probably be booming for a while. Cleaning companies. Hmm. I told mine to stay home. Yeah, but if you're in an office right now, holy shit, you got to yeah, clean the hell out of true. that thing now. Yeah. Because yeah, you got to worry about all yeah. this, the the disinfecting everything, all that. Oh my, oh my God, that is like booming like crazy right well, now. Well, that would I mean, mean that, that cleaning supplies and tools would potentially be doing a whole lot. Um, you know, one of the things that I was reading in regards to airlines and their rebound is was asking, when will people feel comfortable? What will make you feel comfortable coming back onto the airplane? And literally the overwhelming answer was clean airplanes. Yeah. And like disinfecting. By the way, I'd like to. I'd like to enter uh, a winner here. Guns, firearms, guns. big time. I mean, dude. So, and, and I shared this. I've never been a gun owner until recently. Um, when I got back, I actually uh, did make a purchase. Now, I suggested to my brother-in-law that he do the same. He went to the same store which is a massive sporting goods store here in Kansas city. And he went just a few hours after I did. And he ended up having to wait 12 days to get approved. Now I was in and out in Kansas with its, its loose uh, Dodge city style gun laws. Let me go in and go out. But um, when I was there, the only people in this massive store were all in the firearm section. They were completely out of ammunition on several different types. And they were out of some guns altogether. By the time my brother-in-law made it there three hours later, they were completely out of, he bought the very last um, 45 handgun. I mean, think about that, dude. This is like, I mean, the Walmart, it was at Shield, yeah. which is a mega store. They have a, a carnival sized Ferris wheel in the store. Yeah. But yeah. And I, I asked the guy working there, I was like, I can imagine you've been busy. And he's like, oh man, you don't even know. So, but, people but are with worried. that, well, we so many people, crazy were buy- people are going to get. But so many people were buying buying gun permits. It literally like log jammed the ATF system and 12 days due to pick up. And, and like I miss uh, three hours earlier, I was in and out and, and under an hour. All right. What else you got? Porn. Oh, dude, I bet. Porn is booming. It, now, is this from firsthand experience? Are you driving them? Are you driving the market up yourself? No, I'm recently married. So no. I was I was thinking about that the other day, just porn. But that's but, it. That's all I had to say. Not yeah, necessarily. The other thing that's booming is is the purchase of condoms. There's going to be a worldwide shortage of condoms. No, is that real? Yes, yeah, because really? everybody's at home. Everybody's at home, no. and so the other winner we're going to have in nine months is babies. Well, you know, at, and. I would say that potentially counseling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dude, think about that, man. Well, you've 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 gone in and out of a marriage, much like I have. If you were if you were trapped in your house for two months with your ex wife, how would you feel? And my answer is like I needed a fucking counselor. Well, I so, think uh, as we've as we've talked about before, and people said this a lot, like. 60, 70, 80% of all people right now are struggling because of either they're worried about coronavirus, they're worried about going out in public, they're sick of being at home, they're all of these problems, right? Even um, domestic abuse is up, like all of these things. 
So therapy, counseling, all that stuff right now is greatly in demand, but it all has to shift to be teletherapy now. Um, but it, it's got to be in hot demand right now. It's it's one of the things like we we went to all our employees and said, hey, if you're not feeling good, these are resources that are available. Yeah. These are resources available through our insurance. Our insurance provides, you know, these psychological services, right? And here's how you take advantage of them, counseling, all that stuff. So I've mentioned in the past that my sister and her husband are both doctors. Um, and I uh, recently was speaking to my brother-in-law and told, and he told me that both of them have recently been approached about working for telemedicine companies and offered huge paychecks. And like, it was eye-opening for him. They were like, wait a minute, I don't have to go. You know, he works in like a first care ER type environment, which has got to be freaking terrible right now. And my sister's an anesthesiologist. And I don't know how you anesthetize someone through telehealth, but I'll get back to you on that. But I mean, there's definitely a push towards that. Um, you know, we had a former guest there, we, um, who uh, has a remote tool that therapists use. Like, I mean, yeah. here's the thing is if you can't get in front of people and look, here's the reality is, is there's, there's, we, we have just begun. We're on the first lap of 10 when it comes to getting this out, because until there's, until there's a, an appropriate therapy or vaccine for, for coronavirus, there's going to be a lot of limitations to, personal contact and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's a lot of room for these things to grow. Well, do you have any other winners? No, but I'm excited to talk about all those things in our losers episode. I'll tell you what, let's get after it. I'll see you here in a few minutes. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Like we do it.